thing I did like from the last uh, episode or two, uh, Paul, could you tell one more ca- story out of Canada that you might not have told before? Do you have anything that leaps to mind? Do, do you want it about cattle or people? Uh, let's let's put the value on entertainment. So whatever <laughs> whatever's most entertaining. Well, one one time they had a Kianini special at a sale barn in Arcola, Saskatchewan. So all the people that the key breeders that were there stayed at this one motel. And about three o'clock in the morning, I had a poolside room. That's what they gave me. It was about three in the morning. It sounded like there was fifty people out there in that swimming pool. So anyhow, I opened the door to see what was going on, and it was uh, Tom Cupsey and his wife, and and uh, oh, who used to hang around him all the time, uh, Phil. So uh, people. Yep, they was in the pool naked swimming, <laughs> and they was making enough news. You thought there was fifty people out there. Oh, oh, oh people. I mean, I'm, I got to tell you. Dan, uh, Bill, Paul, all your episodes, and Phil Feeble's episodes on this show are in the top 30 or 35. So if you think that even though you're uh, not, like, actively involved in it every day or whatever, I'm I'm not trying to make any judgments here. I'm just saying people are loving these old stories. And Phil Phil Feeble himself, I'm going to call him as soon as we get off here. (laughs) Sometimes it works out. <laughs> have to tell him that uh, Tom Kupke and his wife and Philly were making noise. <laughs> he dipped and sounded like there were 50, 50 people out there. That's funny. <laughs> Our goal is to catch one. You should show a calendar, and I'll say some of the good times I had there with Canadians. They, they always treated us pretty good out there. There's a lot of similarities between. Canadians and people from Wisconsin, they generally just like to drink beer and cheese. Yeah. Yeah. The only people from Wisconsin get up early, and those Canadians can sleep till noon. I never seen anything like it. That's right. They don't take life too seriously sometimes up there. Yeah. I I remember. I remember. I was in Canada up at Miller Brothers, and uh, Paul, <laughs> Paul, you remember Miller Brothers up there? Oh yeah, I bought a lot of cattle there. Yeah. Are you talking about? Yeah. Are you talking about Don Miller? Yeah, yeah he's Don, one of them. Miller, Miller running in Kianina deal. But anyway, uh, yep. I, we we sat down. We were eating, and uh, the older Miller brother, what the heck was it? Robert, what, what was his? Not Donnie, but what was the other one? Well, anyway, we they were telling this story on you, Paul, that that uh, you had been there earlier and you'd headed to you you left there and went to Alberta to look at some club cans. These were people, somebody I can't remember who it was, but they were from Ohio and they were chasing club cabs up there too. And when this guy said, "Yeah, Paul Clapp was just here the other day and and headed to Alberta to look at spheres." And one of the guys said that people just got up and left their food and hauled ass because they were chasing tall clap. And I, I was like, damn, if I was hungry enough, I believe I'd have went ahead and ate my meat. <laughs> yeah, they were like frantic because tall clap was ahead of them. Had to catch up. That's my Lord. Yeah. Yeah. There weren't no social media back in the day that would give your location away. What you oh, no. And that's that happened. Cell phones. Different. Even since my career started, like, these young kids, they got their, whatever, just name your, your social media, and everything in their life has to be cataloged digitally. And I'm saying in my late teens and early 20s, I'm just super happy that I didn't have everything published online, what went on. No, boy, they all would say that, yeah. Yeah. I know. It, it was fun back in my then. 50s. My legs just couldn't take it on cement anymore, but we sure had a good time before then. And run through some pretty good cattle. Yeah, the Miller Brothers, the, the first two years I went there, I couldn't buy nothing from them. They was just, you'd pick one out, that'd be 10000 or 15000 Finally, I figured them out. They didn't know which ones were any good. They just went by the first thing you picked. Yeah. So then I 
I'd go down the line, they'd get down to 2,500. Well, I picked that one, and that's the one I wanted. Start with yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had to use reverse psychology on some of the people. You know, act like the one you didn't care for. That's the one you really wanted. Or else send somebody else in to buy it for you. Yeah. They'd see us coming, and they'd jack the price up. <laughs> you send somebody else in, and they'll... They could get them bought for fifty cents on the dollar. You know, sometimes you go in and you price a half a dozen, and you make them guess which one you like the best. And sometimes yeah. you yeah. can maybe get a little better deal that way. One of the best Canadian guys. Well, I mean, there's a lot of good Canadian folks. Oh, Grant Dunham, you know him. Well, hell, you got him put on the map, Paul, with Black Power yeah. and all that. You know, but man, I I always enjoyed being around Grant. He was a good, good guy. Good guy. On one of the social media posts, somebody uh, tagged a, a person by that last name and said, hey, show Grant this because he uh, must be still alive. So that's cool that he got to see the old Black Power Play podcast, uh, or the, the last po- podcast that Paul did. Well, I know mean, oh, Paul will attest, oh, Grant, he he could smell a good cow 100 miles away. I mean, he was a good cattleman, wasn't he, Paul? Yeah. 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 A part of Saskatchewan was that? Grant South Merrifield. That would be would that be close to Astavan or uh I mean east of Regina or where would that be? East and south of Regina. I think Grant's town's Merrifield, Saskatchewan. Paul, which bull that did you own that would make the most money next to back power play? Oh god. I didn't have another one that was even close to him. Well, I know you uh, didn't have even close, but... Mm-hmm. Black American did good, because yeah. Hilberts and Ellinger, each owned a third of him, so they promoted him, too. So he was probably my next next one. Yeah. All right, I'm looking at a map. Uh, Maryfield is just straight east of uh, Regina on... Uh, the main highway coming out of Regina, so. I know a couple of breeders from Estevan area, oh, uh, Vandy Cattle and the Broken Shires, so shout out to them folks. You were right there on the uh, Manitoba border whenever you bought that bull, Black Power Play. It's uh, straight up from Minot, North Dakota, it looks like. Yeah. That, so. that, that's where I bought Black, Black American, too. Same spot? Yeah. Oh, you got Black American. I bought him there at Grant Dunham's, too. Like uh, Fred Hartman, Mike Hartman, or anybody else that was, or Cupkey or whoever, were you all going to the same places, or were you able to honey hole a few of these spots for several years? Oh, yeah. After Hartman, Fred started going up there with Fred then. Uh, then it was hard to buy from Miller Brothers, Dutch. That year I bought Black American. I already had him bought early. And my, or Fred Hartman come in there and he bought 18 head. And when they was leaving the pasture, he said, well, how come you didn't like this one? And that was Black American. And he never even picked him out. He picked 18 head out and never had him pick him. There you go. <laughs> Two more names that leap to my mind. Do any of you three have any, uh, stories? From back in the day about Kent Haberger, did any of you know him at all? I know him wrong. Yeah. You have any yeah, Kent Haberger story? We're going to try to get uh, Ryan and Marty uh, on the show, but I uh, haven't hadn't had it work yet. But do you have any Kent Havergers you could stories you could tell Paul? I, hell, he was like my best friend, so it was hard on me when he uh, got killed. Mm-hmm. So. Don't, yeah. I believe just for the just for the audience that doesn't know, I believe that Kent maybe maybe passed away 2007 2008 time frame in a farm accident. But uh, just in terms of personality, Kent was one of the guys that liked to have fun. I mean, there's some some people that like to take things too seriously, but Kent was always there for a good time, and he ran a very successful business. And I think he did cattle for fun. You know, I don't think he had to have his cattle business. He successfully farmed, and I, I just think he was one of the guys that was in it for the right reasons, if you know what I mean. Oh, he, he oh, loved it. had a smile on his face and was always in a good mood, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, never I seen him ever in a bad mood. 
He was probably about 10 years younger than I was in the hiring. So. Oh, be darned. Well, I was, yeah, uh, I was, was he, he was an Iowa guy, was he? Yeah, he was up there in Hilbert's area. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I was just gone from Iowa to Metro so long there that I probably never did know him. I'll tell you one story. At the, their county fair there in Algona, them and Hilbert's were always tend to beat each other. I don't know if Kent won or well, I wasn't there, but anyhow, Shiny got mad at him and he pushed him over a bale of straw and had a pitchfork right down like he was going to shove it into it. Kent was scared to death of Shiny. Kent Haberger wasn't the type that probably liked confrontation, and I think that was kind of where the comfortable spot for old Shiny Hilbert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, never, I never seen Hilbert get mad. The only time I ever seen him get mad was when he had to go to a girl show with the stairs. He was mad that time. But they yeah. were mad at us. They were scared to death. The guy they got the steers from was going to get mad at them, but they talked to us. So. Did, yeah. we tell you the yeah. story? Did we tell you the story the last time, Stan, about, uh, I'm sure that we probably didn't, uh, Dwayne Hilbert was out in the West Lake or West River area, uh, Jake Longbreaks in South Dakota, and uh, Jake must have priced the calf at $400 in the mid to early 80s or somewhere in this time frame, and and Dwayne wanted to give $200 for it. And whenever Jake whenever Jake got out of the truck to open the gate in between the pastures, Dwayne just left him there and drove back to town in the 1,000-acre pasture. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Well, I won't ask whether he got the calf. I don't think that, that probably was. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds, sounds like something class to do to me if I'm out talking. <laughs> if I direct my own top five, that would probably be my second favorite story. Yeah, that would be right up there. I think I could say so too. Uh. <laughs> After the Scarlett O'Hare one. <laughs> hey, we told about or Jim O'Neill. I know I came back to Iowa that one time and Jim wanted to come out. I did come out with it for a while. Yes, Danica's coming from California to be a sale manager. God almighty, had me doing all kind of crap, getting ready for Danica's. And uh, he had to take that. He had that damned old, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what kind of a, a vehicle it was, except it was a, it was just, it was kind of a farm vehicle around there. And he had to take it into town, clean that darn thing up inside and out and everything. I was spent a half a day on it. Got out there and, and I knew Dennis was pretty good. Dennis, he didn't care whether that thing was clean or dirty. Jim was so nervous. We came up to the first fence, or the first gate. And of course, I was, but I was a gate opener. I jumped out and opened it. So when I came back, there was a, there was a, a dried up pile of cows down there. I just grabbed it, put it up on the hood, and I said, Jim, now we're not going to have to worry about getting this thing dirty the rest of the day. Oh, God, he's just speechless. <laughs> But, Jim, you kind of had to handle him a little bit that way. I mean, you had to respect him, but you had to let him know that you just wasn't going to... If you sit down and just just done everything that he wanted you to do, he, he would run you over. Paul, could you say a few words about Jim Bloomberg? I know that you knew him a little bit. I knew, I knew him real good, and I'm going to say two things about him. Remember the old days when word of mouth and a handshake meant something? That was yeah. Jim Bloomberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jim started with nothing and ended up, you know, with being quite successful. Those things you don't ever like to hear. I don't. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I mean, I, I can't say that I think Bill Elliott was a wild man when he was younger. I haven't heard any stories about him. But (laughs) Paul, Paul Clapp and Stan. Wait wait a minute! I can tell some, but he won't mind. I'll let you get there, but here's what I'm here's what I'm gonna say. Paul and Stan were just they like to have fun and that's how I would describe myself. And it's yeah. just like it's just like I can't believe that I survived some of the dumb shit I did. Uh a Kent Haberger, a, a Rick Fry, uh Jim Bloomberg, Nick Ryman, people that probably lived their life the right way. You just never know when it's yeah, well, life's too short. Life's too short to be serious every day of your life, isn't it? You betcha. You, know? you know, you guys are talking about catching up with crap. 
Uh, he had a pickup one time, unless you had an airplane, I guarantee you wasn't going out running. I don't give a damn if it's a car, I'd take out. I remember we left, we left the morning one time when the interstate was, I don't know how long it's been open, but it was open. And I think we got down to a hundred maybe once or twice. <laughs> down, 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 down. Yeah, we got down to a hundred. We was about a hundred of that. Figure the trailer was hooked on too. I mean, the trailer. Boy, that thing could run, wasn't it, class? That was the runner of the truck. I never seen anything like that thing. Brett said he was going to be back in an hour, and I said, "You're crazier than hell." And my God, he kind of made a liar out of me. Because <laughs> he he put her on a hundred and never, and he was he was above a hundred the whole way. In about about sixty four minutes, we were sitting in Williamsburg, Iowa. <laughs> Didn't make too many trips that way, but we made one or two that way. Yeah, but hell, now I don't drive like that. I've been to driving school three times. Clappy can go race car for a while. He could probably tell you race car stories. Oh, I had a stock car years ago. Yeah. Oh, shit. And that would have been you when you know. lived at Sisbro? Yeah, yeah. You'd like the one race and had a brand new motor in the thing. I ran IMCA and they could claim their motor for 350 bucks. First night, I won the goddamn race and some asshole that was about last claimed it. So the next week, the next week he started on the pole and I was in the last row and this was in the heat. He never made it through corner one. I got up there and put him into the fence instantly. <laughs> he never tried claiming me again. The Cow Palace, they had a dance one night out there at the barns. And Falvey was, well, we all had plenty, but Falvey was really smashed. And he went and asked the girl to dance. And by the time she agreed to it, the band had just quit that song. Salvi's dancing away. He didn't know that the band had quit playing. <laughs> <laughs> and standing there looking at him like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. So do you live with a woman down there in, in Florida? Or, uh... no, no, I go to North Carolina. That's where my friend lives. I, I live by myself down here. Yep. And what do you do day to day? Just loaf. <laughs> I'm the best loafer in the world, man. I'm... Become the laziest, laziest guy this old world can put up with, I think. Wow, that's just part of being retired. That's that's what yeah. years of hard work will get you. If, if that's right, I'm doing it well, I'll say that. Uh, how you guys been since the last time we recorded? Anything new? Not, not too awful much. That's the good thing about being retired. Not, not yeah, a whole lot needs to change. If, if, you're, in, if you're in Florida, it just gets a little hotter. They overturned Roe versus Wade, and I just, it's surprising to me that the Supreme Court would take on that headache, and they punted on the headache of, oh, say, a stolen election in the winter of 2020. Yeah. They didn't want it. They didn't I, want nothing I, to do with that. I've never understood that. Never will. We've got we've got a governor that I'm very definitely love with. With that in mind, I might say that you're right. I don't think abortion will ever do anything different in Florida with him here. I think that if they ran DeSantis for president, it would be a whole lot easier to get rid of that lefty Biden because they've demonized they've demonized Trump so bad in the media for four years, like he's Hitler, even though he just yeah. wants you know oh, yeah. America America first policy. But anytime, anytime, like, I gotta say this, anytime my mom or my older brother, you'll bring up the word Trump, it's like, mm -hmm. it's like, uh, kryptonite to Superman. They just, they shrink and they, they snarl whenever you bring that name up. Well, I, I know you're right, and, and I, I'd like to have more faith in Americans, but I say this. And something is proven to me, I don't know why I want to get away from it, and he's proven to me that he can run this country. The latest thing I heard is that they're going to run old from California, Gavin Newsom against Trump or DeSantis. That's going to be a shit show. Oh, won't that won't that help America? I, I I think a little bit different about Trump. I think Trump might run Tim Scott, that, that was a black senator from South Carolina. He's a pretty good guy. 
and he would take, he would incorporate the blacks in there. I, I would like to see DeSantis run with him. I think DeSantis could run as Presidente, not as Vice. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I know exactly what you're And I have no idea if he's an alpha that he wants to be in the lead, or if he'd do it for the good of America, that would be an awesome president and vice president ticket. I think Bill Elliott's in here. How you doing, Bill? Hey, doing good. Hey, Stan. You bet, Bill. How you doing? Good to hear you here. Good. You know what? I think Matt's trying to impersonate Don Lemon sometimes. What do you think about that? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, that's a slap. That's a slap of the... You're getting excited, Will. Oh, okay. I like, I like, I like jokes. That's never, that was a good joke. <laughs> yeah. We still got some Charlie's. Have you, Bill? Just composites. Uh, I was yeah. telling Matt earlier, I remember you fitting them. I, were you fitting them cattle for, was it Marvin Nichols, or who were you fitting them ones in Houston? Well, yeah. Yeah, we did, we did a little for Nichols Nutmeg, Linda Hills Commerce. Nutmeg, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. God, you had them cattle looking like a million bucks, and nobody... Yeah, they, I had a lot of good help. Those cattle were impeccable. I mean, they they, they were different, you know, but... <laughs> so here's my question, yeah. Stan. We've seen a picture of you back in your uh, Marlboro Man-looking days. Yeah. I'm not, I don't say that like trying to be rude. I'm just saying, like, you're a handsome little devil. Well, uh, I'm just saying, if we're going to the 1980 or 1985 Louisville or Houston or whatever the big show was that you wanted to attend, were you a stop or a tailhead guy or a back leg guy, or would you do it head to toe by yourself? Well, in those, in those days, we kind of had to do it all. I, uh, I think Paul would agree with me on that. We didn't know a lot of them together. Sure. But, uh, I don't think we probably did near as good a job of fitting as we do today, but but we kind of had to do it all, or knew how to do it all, or we. Well, understand you you had to get four or five ready by yourself, and, and Paul was best for that. But hell, nowadays uh, you got you got uh, one person on each leg, so there's four people. Well, that, you got somebody done that, that a tailhead. There's five or six people getting one animal ready for crying. <laughs> that is true. But Bill, you did say that uh, you thought maybe he was using talcum powder or something along those lines. That well, I, yeah, I don't remember what stand. Was. I thought he was using talcum powder or something like that. But yeah, he was. Was the talcum powder stand? Yeah, he used a lot of powder. I'm sorry, yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, we made it made it pretty white. You used uh, oh, at times we used quite a few. I guess we called. Silver or gold? What the devil would you call it? Right? When we just took a spray can and sprayed a little light up over their back. When we was under lights, we used quite a little glitter on them to make it look like they. Oh yeah. And they hit the show ring anyway, but they hit the lights, right? It's uh, it like different. Yeah, we done it so much different than they do it today. Like sometimes we would. Oh, we was using some grease on their legs and like that, but I, I don't think would even people wouldn't even try today. But tell, tell me about saddle stuff. What did it do to the hair, and how did you use it? <laughs> we used it on the legs, uh, mainly. That would have been yeah. that you would have used it. You would have used it similar to a uh, tail or or French. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we we used it on the tough places to get the hair to stand up, like on the legs. Might even use it on tailhead now and then, but. Uh, that was that was before we had all the glues and everything like that. Right, but tell us about the the, the generational change in, in supplies throughout the years, if you can, if you have any stories. Well, well you had Patterson Show Supply, and then and yeah, Patterson. Patterson is kind of one of the first, I think. Uh, hey, is, is he still what? around? Boy, I don't, uh, he, I don't know where I don't know where Patterson started, but Phil Lautner flirted with buying Patterson in the mid to late 90s, and they were in Panora, Iowa at that point. But yeah, that sounds yeah. right. I just wonder. I, I haven't heard of him for ages. I didn't know if they were still around. I, I knew he pretty yeah. well, but I've been gone from there. He is still alive. Yeah. He is. Uh-huh. Cool. Lives in a little town in Collins, Iowa. Collins, yeah. Well, he... Uh, he was. I think he was the main one before Sullivan's took over. Wouldn't you agree with that, Paul? Or for us, anyway. The other one was Mandy class. Those were the two. At yeah, the time. yeah, yeah. 
Was there a stone in Illinois, too? Or was he not? Yeah, Lloyd Stone. I think he handles some of the handy claps or shoots and stuff, you know. I believe you're right there, but, too, Bill. Yeah, Lloyd Lloyd did a lot of, he, he sold mm-hmm. a lot of show supplies around. Yeah. 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 Paul, where the hell are you living now? Uh, Anthony. You still got a place in Arizona or not? Yeah, yep. Go down there for the winters. Oh, yeah. You bet. I don't blame you there. <laughs> yeah. You drive, uh, do you drive the sand dunes and stuff, Paul, or what do you do in the winter when you're down there? Oh, uh, ATVs right out of where we live. You can drive out in government, uh, BLM ground, and it's, uh, kind of deserty, and then you can even get into the mountains, too, so. Do you, do you rent or do you buy at this point in your career in terms of uh, ATVs? Well, I buy the rent on them. If you want to go very often, I think it's like $400 a day to rent one. So. <laughs> you can beat the shit out of it, though, that way. If you tear them up, you pay for them. Well, would you agree, uh, showing back in the days when we were younger, I don't think that people got near as mad at each other like that. We was always in a better mood after the show was over. It's kind of, it's kind of everybody was ready to party more than today. Is that, is that your feeling or is that just me? I think you're right on track there, Steve. Boy, I said. Uh, old Bill Couch and some of them guys used to tell me that the Bromberg's just not like it used to be. I, uh, I could tell tales for two hours, you know, pranks that people played on me or, uh, <laughs> once we played on another, I, I told Clap, but he can tell you about one time that after the international closed the first show for the first livestock event at, uh, Louisville. Was that? It was they, they kind of started out saying it was going to be a world's carcass show. Uh, Jack Phillips was going to judge it. Prophecy was going to mouth it. Worked, but it was his first show. And uh, Clap, being the good guy, he was between us. We got a load of steers and went out to this carcass show. I, he said, "Tell him a little bit about this, Clap. I think that Matt and Bill was the kicker." We must have taken ten head or more down there. We had the trailer stuff full, and we was going to leave this one at home. We didn't think it was worth a damn. So he was the last, and there was a little room out. We'll stick him back there, and then them cattle won't get bounced against the back end, use him for a bumper, and shit, he ended up, what, he uh, miles out of one division or something. So they said, well, throw him in the deal. So we showed him as a Murray Gray, and he ended up being... Uh, well, he won that division, and he was second overall in the court. <laughs> we bought fifty million. In the hundred and eighty episodes that I've done so far, we've covered a lot of ground and told a lot of stories. <laughs> the Paul Clap in Stan Romberg's story at the Scarlet O'Hare's in uh, Sioux Empire, uh, oh, whatever, Lord. whatever, whenever that would have been. I yeah. guarantee you it trumps the number one all-time story, <laughs> even though it's 29 minutes into your podcast. I've had hundreds and hundreds of people say that was the funniest thing they'd ever heard in their life. Story on Paul. On Paul, you, Paul, you were, uh, you know, you'll have to, you have to correct me here, but you were crossing the bridge somewhere. You, you're driving your truck and trailer, and yeah. everybody was hitchhiking, and, and when you didn't pick him up, he flipped you off, or he gave you the finger, and you stopped and went back and took your suitcase and threw it. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That would, have, that would have been a hell of a deal on a movie or something, you know. That was in Mississippi, and, and uh, yeah. I just threw him. The dirt had the tires smoking back and up. He took off running, so I threw his suitcase in the river. <laughs> Oh God! I still laugh. I can see. I wasn't there, but I can. I can see it in my mind. This is funnier than hell. Yeah. Yeah, I ride with him one time, and there's a big long grade, and, and uh, some hippies passed. They flipped class off. He, I don't know. He, he swerved a little over arm or something. 
they, they forgot about that there was about a half mile downhill run there. When Clack got to about a hundred and some, he he stuck up on them and was fast them on the inside. He just pointed towards the <laughs> towards the, the grass part yeah. in the center. And the last we seen, they was bouncing around there somewhere out the center. <laughs> but they never tried to pass us again. They stayed behind us. This was out, I don't know, somewhere out east. I think they just Kentucky or somewhere. But I not not a good thing to do to clap to give him the finger. That didn't even go over too good. No, no. I've heard a I've heard a hitchhiker story or two about Phil Lautner. <laughs> I mean, have you did you ever pick a hitchhiker up? I think Phil, as much as he likes to sleep during the middle of the day, he'd occasionally pick up a hitchhiker <laughs> from time to time. <laughs> well, how did he pick it up? One time, and then he had me come out to haul a load of cattle up to Colorado or somewhere. He stuck him in the truck with me. I dumped him off in Omaha or somewhere. Chris Schilling to help Phil for a minute. He kind of looked like a hitchhiker just a little bit. <laughs> I know one thing I wanted to ask you about, Paul. Do you have any Stan Ackerman stories you could tell? He, he unfortunately passed away. Did he really? Couple, I didn't know that. A couple of years ago, but man, one of the one of the all time best helpers for old. Yeah, so I could tell I could tell you one on him at Kansas City. We were I'm Stan Ackerman. Yep. All right, let's hear it. No, wait a minute. I'm talking about Stan Cross. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Double one about Stan That's Cross. Little go back to Stan Ackerman. Well, the one I can think about Stan Cross is we were tied out one night at some. A, a, a man and his son sneak, was sneaking in down there, and uh, we got back inside there at Kansas City, and, and the, the dad got in, and somebody jumped him about sneaking in, and Stan Cross had just got in there, and he had one of the steel, steel nose rings just to the palm of his hand. And he thought that old that, that old boy, the dad of the son, was going to hit him or something. <laughs> he swung around and knocked that old boy silly in hell with that, <laughs> that deal. And the old boy woke up. The cops was all around him. He said, what happened to you? He said, hell, I don't know. Somebody got me with a bucket or something. <laughs> Cross was uh, all uh, I did hear Jonathan Barrett giggle. I invited him on the show. I'm not sure that Stan uh-huh. or, or Bill Elliott would know him, but uh, Paul Clapp maybe has met him a time or two. Jonathan, can you add to the show? Well, you want me to add? I do remember meeting Paul Clark one time. We had breakfast together at the Holiday Inn in East Lansing while I was there selling semen for Michigan Beef Expo. Um, that will do. Did Paul drive all night? And did the smoke? Did the truck oh. smell like cigarettes? Uh, no, Paul drove all night to deliver me some semen I was out of to sell at Michigan oh, yeah. Beef Expo in the lobby before I was even awake. <laughs> Clap to finish his story about the steer show out there time. He had a good friend yep. that, uh, that that had a steer in there. And we got ready to go in that night. And Paul had talked to him, and this old boy said, Are you going to wash all them steers tomorrow? And Clap said, Oh, yeah, Lord, yes, we're going to get up. And <laughs> so we were headed to the motel. And when we got to the motel, Clap knew his phone or his room number. And when he went by, he said, say, would you uh, please, I want to put a wake-up call in for room 104 for 2.30 in the morning. We got out there the next morning, and there that old boy said he had that steer all washed, dried, everything. He'd been sitting there for two hours waiting for everybody to get there. All he was doing was cussing the hotel. He couldn't wait to get back there and chew them out for we can tell his name as Gene, Gene and Beth Dorn. Yeah. Oh, Gene Dorn. He was on the show a couple weeks ago. Was he? Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, he, he was dang mad. He was ready to kill everybody in Louisville. He woke him up at 2.30 in the morning. I, I, I appreciate uh, Gene Dorn. He's got, uh, I mean, he's got years of experience. I gotta oh, yeah. tell you, I gotta tell you a quick Gene Dorn story just from the last three weeks. He was on my show. His episode was about nine minutes. The recording from the episode before it got edited was 27 minutes. Can you guys <laughs> guess? Can you guys guess what the other 18 minutes was talking about? What we talked about that we had to edit out? Hell, I'm not going to expand on that. 
Unfortunately, Mr. Dorn is a hardcore Democrat. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> I mean, we talked about Vietnam. He said that he served, and, and we talked about a lot of stuff that matters. But somehow, I mean, I didn't realize what he was before I started the no, conversation. I didn't know that either. And uh, of a one-third of a, of a three-thirds conversation is all that made it. Two-thirds got thrown out. I, never never heard that. <laughs> I talked to Kenny Bremer the next morning. I mean, just because I knew that Gene was close with Kenny Bremer and the whole Bremer family. Yeah. And uh Kenny said, Oh, I should have you should have known better. He's been a Democrat his entire life. <laughs> I think he said he was didn't think Biden was responsible for any of the bad stuff that was happening. And then we proceeded to talk about that just a minute. And back in the fifties, sixties, seventies, I mean back way back, I think it was the thing to be to be a farmer and a Democrat. But I think in the modern day, and this is just my humble opinion, mm. the Democrats represent big business. Back in the day, they represented the little guy, but well, I, I don't know. I've been pretty much a, a Republican all my life, or I better say conservative. I don't. Know. You, you basically have to be a communist to be a Democrat at this point. But uh, I should say that. Well, this time I, I'd say you're right. If you're not a socialist, you can't you can't go along with a third of what they want to do. Uh, Bill Elliott will give a kick out of this story. Uh, Bill, you know Gettys well. Oh yeah. One year one year Geddes picked up old Amore, that was a bull. He showed a big old two year old right at the end. He went to Easter Bankville, but he didn't have any dittered out there and they had all the nutmeg cattle. Church was with him out there. And yeah. Church went out the tie out and he seen that darn Amore laying there. Lord he wanted to win. Easter Nashville, that was out in his part of the country, so bad. So he went to Geddes and he and he got there. Inquired around with him and everything, and finally got down to that big bull out there. Yeah, the said he's pretty good, didn't he? Yeah, church said he's, he's stout. And he said, why the hell didn't you tell me something about him? Well, he just wasn't going to let anything out of the, out of the thing. And he said, uh, he got around to it, get us said, well, I, I really need to win with that bull, because I need the damn money. He said, it's a hundred dollars to win that class. He eventually talked church into paying him the hundred dollars and just leaving the bull at the tryout. What he didn't know was the bull he hadn't had him long enough to even have him entered in the show. He was waiting oh, for the Harrisburg. He was waiting for the Harrisburg to show with him on the way home. I, I church found that out later, but that that was that was a get up story. And the and the next best get up story I could tell is you never went to a show with him and and a good share of us at that time was with us. A company that when Giddis would buy you a supper, he would know somebody else's room, and he'd just tell the waiter, just put this on room so and so for me. You did it. They figured out and ended up getting him for it before it was over, but that was two Giddis oh, stories yeah. that, that were pretty solid. Wasn't it Geddes that had that stuff called base coat that he would spray on the cattle for well, their hair? Yeah, we all, we all kind of had base coat. Uh, it was uh, yeah. Mark Nichols' brother and John Minnich that uh, basically came up with that. It made it. You know, crap, which one came up with it, whether it was Roger Nichols or John, or both of them. I thought Roger, but I ain't going to swear to it. Kind of an oily, wasn't it? Kind of oily stuff. Standing yeah, it was oily, oily but when it set up, oh, it would really hold hair, right? Yeah, it would hold the hair. You could take, yeah. unbroke, you could take unbroke hair and, and put it on cattle the night before, and then if you washed them out and blew them dry, it would just damn near cut that hair the next day. Just about right to shoot. Or, yeah. you know, cut them with sheep heads. Uh, yeah. We we used sheep heads at more that time, you know, officers with sheep heads on. I used them more than any other clippers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never did get into where I was. My eyesight never good enough for the little clippers or I was too shaky or something. Stuff we used on the hair, nothing would cut it but sheep heads. That's about right, yeah. We put so much grease in there. If it didn't have sheep heads, you couldn't get through it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you had to use them 20 tooth blocking combs, Paul. I mean, the sharp tooth ones, you know, the P71 12s wouldn't go through it. Hell. 
That's right. <laughs> Could you tell the story of Marv Nichols and Lloyd Youngman? Do you, Paul, do you know the story on when those two might have separated ways and, and Lloyd came west of Des Moines and, and Nichols stayed there in between Des Moines and Ames? It should have been, it would have been somewhere in the 70s. Back then, Lloyd probably had more bulls because he had a bigger facility, but uh, Marv was always known for putting up top quality semen. He would not freeze it unless it was really good. Just just looking at the Hawkeye facility, which I drive by every day, I mean, I think they've cut a rug on like dairy bulls and wagyu and just some of these top breeds that there might not be room for at the Nichols operation today. I mean, and I know that Nichols doesn't own anymore at J.C. Hook, but, I mean, there's a lot of barn space and a lot of a lot of roof space at Hawkeye Breeders, and I think they they obviously have done not just show cattle, but uh, other uh, off breeds and dairy and all them other different stuff. Yeah, they get a lot. They get a lot of bulls, I understand. You guys run storytelling, so I want to ask old Bill something. When you're uh, driving back from California, how does it work to call through the sliding window when you're pulling a gooseneck to take a leak? I, I can explain that, Paul Clown, <laughs> because uh, we, we, uh, you and me and Jim Falvey, at the time, we, we could not readily get a hold of Coors beer. We had to go west. Do you remember that? So, so, so as we got into the Coors beer territory where you could purchase it and then drink it, we, uh, we, we did that in mass quantities. Well, when you drink that and you're driving down the interstate, at some point in time, you gotta take a leak. And I would tell the entire world, if you're going to do that and ride with Paul Clapp, make damn sure Paul Clapp isn't behind the wheel because he won't pull over for it. I, I crawled through the slide window because I couldn't hold it any longer. And I'm kind of proud of the fact that at that point in time, I could fit through that damn window. Nowadays, I couldn't do it. So I'm trying, I'm trying to envision this. What, why, why couldn't you just pee as you're going 90 miles an hour down the interstate up the, up the uh, truck bed? Well, there's three of us in a one-seater. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a, a crew cab. There were three of us in, in a one-seater pickup. I got you. And yeah. it's kind of hard to pee in an empty beer can. And Paul uh, would not pull over. He would absolutely. Yeah. I, I even said, please, pretty please. And Jim uh, sure had more than a 12-ounce can inside of you, for sure. Oh, yeah. More like more like. He didn't, he didn't like, smell those good when he got back in either. I situated on that last time, and I went with him one time, but I crawled in with him at the morning. He said, if you're going to have to pee before we get to Louisiana, you better do it right now, so we ain't stopping until we get there. I got I got Paul, it. Paul was very cruel to his fellow man. If, if somebody had anything to he just, I think it was like a sport, you know, he he he, he enjoyed seeing people in eggs. I really think so, you know. Paul Clapp, he wasn't real sympathetic that way, you're right. <laughs> Paul Clapp, bladder of steel. That man could hold his yeah. teeth. Yeah. Uh, Matt, there's one other more thing I mentioned to Clapp I wish he could tell us about. Clapp and I was in northwest Iowa, some little off-the-road bull sale, and they had a hell of a good kind of a two-year-old bull in there that wasn't broke, had horns and everything else, and somehow we ended up buying that piece. Clap, tell them what we done with him from then on. It was quite a deal. Tougher than hell. Tougher than hell, yeah. That we redeemed him. Yeah, it was hell of a bull. Marv Nichols raised it. No, yeah, no, we bought him. We bought, oh, Marv raised him? I didn't know that. I know we bought him in Northwest <laughs> Iowa. We didn't have him very long. We got him entered in the Illinois State. He was broke to tie, basically. We unloaded him, and he went right into a car and put a big dent in his there. <laughs> we had him just long enough to get him dehorned and, and get him healed up to where we could kill him. Yeah, and then we took him to Iowa and Gail Long judged. There were four bulls in the class. Nichols had a bull for nutmeg that had never been beat. We're in the same class. And we started out, you know how big the ring is there at Iowa? He kept getting his bull close to me, 
and and I'd move because his bowl was a lot quicker. <laughs> and at the end of the class, me and Marv was at the north end of the ring, and the other two bulls were at the south end. <laughs> <laughs> I beat him, and, and <laughs> that bull he had been beat. So. <laughs> Yeah, Gail Long was judging. He just thought class was showing another nutmeg bull for North Mars is what he thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he won Illinois, too. I know Harper and his whole string of cattle in there that won everything that, the, that used to the year before was in there. Lord, he got Larry Emery in there, his buddy, judged it from Kansas. Larry Emery came out there and showed him he was scared one day. He thought that bull was going to kill him before he got out of the ring, but he was champion at Illinois. So we yeah. showed him twice. He was camping both times, then the class took over. He said, it's time to sell this thing. He ended up selling the show rice on him to church out at Nutmeg, and then he sold possession of it after his show career to Vic Gentry. And that was, that was our, that was our, uh, deal was tough as hell. And I don't think he ever won a thing after that. Don't know if he even got the top end, but. I'll never forget clapping Marv out there. How Marv was chasing him around like he was wanted for a crime or something, just trying to get that next to him. And Clap wouldn't let him get within 50 feet because he knew that other bull was a hell of a lot better. Gail <laughs> <laughs> Long made champion. That's good. But that was that was one of the times it worked out for Clap. About most of the time. Kind of debatable, but like I said, if, if us guys could meet somewhere like the state fair and a beer town, we could tell stories for hours, I'm sure of that. <laughs> yeah. We had a good writer to write a book. These young kids wouldn't believe them stories anyway. Yeah, well, some of the things we've done, we probably wouldn't believe it. If we tried it today, we'd end up in jail. But well, yeah, but yeah, a lot I, of these I, young I guys. A million times out east when Bruce Harper was out there, Eastern National or somewhere, had a champion out there. He took us all out for supper. Everything was just fine until all of a sudden we couldn't find Harper. Yeah. <laughs> he was long gone. So we had to take the beat back. Us guys were so far away. We just barely had enough money to get supper balls. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 was, that wasn't common. It wasn't uncommon in those days. We was always doing something like that. Yep. Yeah. Wasn't uncommon. Uh, I always like to go out on a giggle, so if you have a, a unique yeah. story that you can tell to end it, that'd be awesome. I'm sure Bill and Claps got a million of them they haven't even started to tell yet. I'm a good listener, so take over, you guys. <laughs> well, I I can't think of anything where I'm like you, Stan. If we had time, we could probably talk all day, you know. Oh, God, yeah. It's just these kind of friendships and acquaintances oh, yeah. you get in this business that yeah. that last a lifetime, you know. And, and uh, I think you know, Paul I'm, agrees. I'm, I'm I, don't, I don't want you guys to think I'm just being friendly because I like you. I guarantee you that all three of you guys, every episode you've done with me is in the top 25 or 30 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And that's mm-hmm. saying something whenever John Griswold and John Sullivan yeah. and Barry Ryman are... Are on the top, but I mean, people love these old stories, so I appreciate yeah. you doing it. We had a pretty good time when we, yeah, this is all we're doing is repeating it. Yeah. We're, we're old enough now, we're not going to harm anybody, so they don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. There's probably uh, some people that have stories somewhat similar to yours, but whenever you get to be, I'm sorry, Bill, how old are you, or do you want to release that information? Well, I'm, I'm 71, so. So when you're 71 and Paul Clapp is 73 and Stan Romsberg is almost 82, yep. you just don't give a damn anymore. You're just like, we're going to tell these old stories. Right. <laughs> yeah. Whenever you're 50 or 60, you're like, oh, I don't want that out there. But it's like, yeah, we're going to tell these stories. They're fun to happen. Us three guys. They are part of our history. Well, you, we, you too, Matt. I mean, you're you're a lot younger than us, but we have memories and records that we've set that other people are trying to obtain. So you know, we're, yeah. we're famous for something. If it, if it's nothing for, for that, you know, absolutely. You know, uh, Matt, I, I guess I should tell this. When I called Clap tonight, I said I kind of, I just remember a few things. But he said, well, 
you and I are just alike. He said, we could come up with a hell of a lot of things. But he said, I don't think I really want to tell all of them. I said, I think you're right. <laughs> Some of them, maybe we better keep so even, <laughs> even as open and honest as you guys have been, there is still the book version that you got to pay for. I got it. I got you. I got you. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think those guys be free. If we write a book, it's, we got to get paid for it. We got, you know, we got to have some money in our pocket. It, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't, we, we don't do nothing for, like that. We don't do nothing for free. So. There you go. It's a good one to send her off. If Red talks to them guys to write it about Herman, we can surely talk it, can't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Thank you, you guys take care. I, I got to run, but uh, see you, Paul, Dan, Matt. Good All to hear from you, Bill. Great. It's great. Same here. You bet. You bet, yeah. You know where I've done this entire podcast from? You've probably heard a little bit of ripple, but uh, we built our kids a backyard pool, and I've done this entire oh, podcast <laughs> from my backyard pool tonight. So well, I, I can understand. When you get to be, when you have a kid that's nine, seven, and four, it's literally the only place I can go that's still on my yeah. property that's really quiet, and I can actually well, you're, you're, you're you're busy, <laughs> we, we appreciate it. And, and if you're going to do a few extras, I'll start writing a few things down, I remember. Maybe the next time we can make it a little better. You bet. Oh, I've been planning for, plan, I guess it's late June right now. Let's plan for another one mid, mid-July, okay? Yeah, somewhere around there. That'll work with me. Clap, take care. Tell everybody hi when you see them for me, will Yeah. You never did get Sky Diamond, did you? No, I, I, I'm sure I wouldn't make it for the weight, and my wife was the one wanting to do it. Well, she's got a bad back, so she can't do it now. That, that's, yeah. that's probably not right. Although my friend, my friend Brent took her down at 874, so there's a few other huh. down. He'll, he'll bring you down. He'll set your butt down first. You don't have to worry about your legs, but there's always a chance something could go wrong. So I don't, I don't, I mean, your legs might hit the four for you, but so I don't want to tell anybody to do it if they don't want it. Yeah. I'll talk this later. What the hell are okay. we talking about here? We're talking about Sky What? Paul Slap and Stan Robert are going to go skydiving? No, Stan Robert's not, but my son is grandson, David. And Clap at his wife one time thought they might. Fucking A. I would pay. I would pay to see that one. I want to see you up in the Paul, uh, up, uh, skydiving, Paul. That that, that yeah. that's that, that's not gonna be a book, that'll be a movie, won't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it, boys, I appreciate it. We'll be in touch. You bet, Matt. Thank okay. you. Okay. See ya. Take care.